We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is uh, Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in uh, New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And right next to me, right sitting right, so close I could reach out and touch him. Right here. Right there, yes. Uh, Who is that? Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And this is Wrestling with the Basics. And you know, Matt, it occurs to me that if we're going to be talking about the truth... And then we also need to point people to where there is falsehood, right? It only makes sense. Yeah. And and fake news. That's the fake news. You don't know anymore whether what you're reading is true or not. There's so much fake news. And and so I've got something. All over I, the place. I want because I and, and this fake news. And here's the problem. When that fake news gets out there, it gets so widespread that people actually think it's true. They believe it. Yeah. And and this, I just, I found this out when I was up in Sioux Falls at the zoo. <laughs> People, seriously, <laughs> zoos are probably the best place to find out what the truth is. The truth. Um, but you've probably heard the song, Oh, Give Me a Home Where the... the buffalo Roam. Right, right. That's sure. a real popular song. People sing that all the time. Yeah. I was down... Have you been to the new Arch Museum? I have not. Okay, by the way, for those of you that don't live in St. Louis, the Arch now has a brand new, spanking brand new... You know, just a brand new... I just new, know, a brand spanking new. Spanking new. Al Roker's been there. <laughs> has he been there? I haven't, but Al has. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, but they've got this, and, and it's it's a big display about how the Indians used every part of the buffalo. buffalo. But guess what, people? I'm here to tell you. There are no buffaloes in America. What? <laughs> nope. It's been isn't. fake news? It's been fake all this time. We've been talking about the buffaloes. There are no buffaloes in America, people. Those are bisons. Those are bisons. They're not buffaloes. Now, here, here's what I think is really... Do you know where there are buffaloes? Where are there buffaloes, John? China. Ch- so China. there you go. I'm sure there must be some kind of like Chinese conspiracy making us think that we have buffaloes when really we don't. So at one time, did we have buffaloes? There has never been buffaloes in America. No, they're bison. That's what I'm telling you. They're not buffaloes. There's always been bison. There's always been bison. But the Chinese didn't want us to know that because then we'd want to come over and have some of their buffaloes. That's what I'm thinking. A big tariff on them. In fact, I'm beginning to think, (laughs) so they're really not buffalo wings at all, are they? There must be bison Bison wings. wings. That doesn't sound right yeah, either, anyway, though, does wait, it? we got to rewrite the song. Give me a home where the bison, bison roam. Well, wait a second. So so I'm working on this. So no more buffalo nickels. They're bison nickels. Order your bison wings. Okay. But probably don't do what I did. Uh, apparently, they don't like it when you get your black marker out and change it on national monuments. <laughs> <laughs> so that hearing's coming up in about 30 days. <laughs> oh, no. We'll know where to find you. 
That's, we had the first broadcast from the, the state from pen. The state pen. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? Seriously. So, interesting. so apparently all this time, we've been, but they're not buffaloes so, at all. So wait, does the museum even say buffalo? It does. That's it what really does. I was going to just uh, let it pass. Cause, but I went there. I went there to the, the zoo at uh, Sioux Falls, and they got a big sign that says, no, there are no American buffaloes. Only China has buffalo. And Asia, I think they got buffaloes. Oh, come we have, on. We have bisons. Golly. So, all right. So we, we need to get that petition together, too, to go down there and change that in the arch. That big thing down there, that's no buffalo. That's a bison. <laughs> okay. We'll hold a rally. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Enough. Of, oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it at? Oh, I, it's, it's, they, they, we had to re- do our, our sound effects. All right. Now, there's no time for foolishness. Okay. Good there enough. you go. Yeah, we, we rearranged the sound effects, and we lost a few. We gained a few, but we have Charlie Brown still saying have, there's no yeah. time for foolishness. And we have a phone ring. <laughs> we have a phone that rings not twice. just once, but twice. So if you want to give us a call, we can handle that now. We've got our rotary phone hooked up, ready to receive your calls. <laughs> okay. So so we left you hanging last week. We, we were doing the story of the widow at Zarephath, and I was explaining how we really have a lot in common with her. I, I mean, we don't have the magical jar that never runs out of oil or the magical jug that is never depleted of, of flour. flour. Sure. Uh, but but we talked about we, we have needs, like she have needs. We talked about that we don't really deserve anything from God. I mean, she was a widow from Zarephath. She wasn't one of God's chosen people. And we confess that we're poor, miserable sinners who deserve nothing but temporal and eternal. Isn't it amazing? We say that in our services, but I don't think we really think about it. That's what you said. You don't deserve anything from God but punishment. That's Mm -hmm. what we confess in in our Lutheran service. But then we also talked about the beautiful thing that God does provide for us, right? Even as he provided for this widow. However, however, uh, where we left with last week is that the big difference between us and the widow is that she has kind of a fairy tale ending. Here she's living in a time of drought, and yet her and her son and Elijah are all provided miraculously for miraculously by the Lord. And of course, that's not how our lives go. Our lives always end with some kind of sadness and tragedy. It doesn't have a happily ever after ending, but there's always well death. Yeah. But as we pointed out, guess what? That's also the story of the widow of Zarephath. So we actually have that in common with her as well. Do you mind reading there, Matt, if you would? Sure. From First uh, Kings chapter 17, verse 17. Okay, very good. So, after this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. And his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. He's dead. He's <laughs> dead. Okay. Polite way of saying he's dead, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No breath left in him. And she said to Elijah... What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and cause the death of my son. I mean, that's interesting. I, 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 this is a, you started reading that like it was a question, yeah. and you ended it like it was a statement. <laughs> that's because there was an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I'm glad you did that because I, I read several commentators on this, and I just want to get your opinion. And I'm sorry to put you on the spot like this. Do you think this is a statement of faith by the woman, or is this a statement of doubt? By the woman, what yeah. do you think? Well, uh, I, I think read, read it one more time because yeah, it is a very I, powerful I thing that she says. I think it's a lot of a mixture of things. Boy, I, I'm trying to put myself in her place too. You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. Okay, so what do you mean? It's a mixture of things. There. Well, I mean, probably confused for one. Okay, so yeah. so originally we kind of rewind to last week. 
she was fully expecting to have one last meal, and then she and her son both die. See, because that's how, I forgot about that's how the story begins with her saying, "Yeah, I'm going to make one more meal, and then we're going to die." So that's what she fully yeah. expects is death, not yeah. just for her son, but for her too. I mean, that, that's what it looks like. They're going to starve to death. But then Elijah shows up, and it's it's undeniable that miraculously God provides for them. So it's interesting that that quickly she turns on Elijah, yeah, it seems, yeah. from Thanksgiving to now blame. But I think blame, but also confusion. Well, why did God send you? Why? If if it was just to, to, to let us hold on a few more days until my son died, well, why? Why, why give us food at all? So uh, blame, certainly, but I think also just confusion. What's going on here? Why did you come here? And again, so, so the whole theme, if, if people haven't been paying attention, <laughs> is that we have a lot in common with the widow of Zarephath. And thank you, Matt. That is another thing we have in common. When tragedy strikes us, we don't understand either. We do get confused. Yep. We, we are frightened. We are guilty maybe sometimes. I don't know. Maybe we're angry at God. This is all part of being a Christian. That does not mean that you don't have faith, that you go through those kind of feelings. Uh, the one thing that I picked up on this is that apparently she must have been listening to Elijah's teaching while he'd been there with, because I think most people, when they have a death, uh, unbelievers at least, people outside of the Christian faith, they assume that death is, is a, a, a fluke, an accident, a bad luck. It might be the result of karma. Uh, or it could be that uh, there's an angry God out there. But what does this woman understand is the cause of death? What's the thing she brings up? She makes a connection to sin. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. to sin. And the other thing of the verses like the wages of sin is death. So I, I think so. Yeah, Elijah's a prophet. He's certainly sharing God's word with her. We don't get all the details of that, but that word of law has been preached. So, so people, yes, it, it's not the cycle of life as Disney would teach us, right? Yeah, oh, the we, circle we, of life. That, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. We got to start. Maybe we can incorporate that in the musical. Yeah. What, are you, what is it? Wrestling with the basics. Oh, the musical. Of, is that? It's kind of on a back burner. Yes. Now. Other things have come up. That's right. You know. But that we might the sound include, effects. That kind uh, of circle of life. Is that how it goes? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. But but see, Christians understand. No, it's not a circle of life. It's because of sin. That's what yes. it is. People sin. That's why they die. The wages of sin is death, as you said. All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why everyone's going to sin. So I agree with you. I, I think it is kind of a mixture. I think there is the kind of despair and, and desperation and confusion. But there's also this kind of faith. Well, we know that God is involved. We know it has to do with sin. Uh, any other comments about that passage? Or can well, we I think read she's, on? she's ultimately, I think, blaming God. I oh, mean, well, it, yeah. it's targeted toward Elijah, yep, yep. but I think ultimately a blame of God. And I think sometimes, <laughs> again, we're like her and we do that too. God, why is this happening? Why did you do this? And and, and, and the thing is, part of that's not bad because it is due to God. We need to realize that it's not just an accident. Mm-hmm. No, the Lord is in control. He makes alive. He brings down. So it's probably good that we go confront God or the men of God that have been put in our lives about what's going on here. To me, Matt, that's the really action of faith here is that she goes to God with her anger, with her confusion. That's what believers do. They experience these things, but they know where to take them to, and they take them to the Lord. Even when they're angry at God, they take their anger to God. That's right. So thank you. That's an excellent point, Matt. Uh, Well, let's keep on reading. All right. Verse 19. And he said to her, give me your son. And he took him from her arms and carried him into the upper chamber where he lodged. And he laid him on his own bed. And he cried out to the Lord. O Lord, my God, have you brought calamity even upon this widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? What what do you think about that, Matt? Well, I think it's 
pretty much the same cry the woman just had, right? So the woman cries out to Elijah, and Elijah in turn cries out to God. Yeah. But really, they're the same, the same question, the, the same accusation even. And don't you just love that? Because I know there's people right out right now that, that have experienced these kind of tragedies, and this is how you felt. And then you maybe felt a little guilty about that, but I'm thinking, no, no. Well, maybe it should feel guilty. It probably is from our sinful flesh. But at least Elijah goes where with these feelings? To the Lord. He to cries the, out to the Lord. All right, so, so do that. I don't care how you're feeling. I don't care if it's good or bad. If it's negative, cry out to the Lord with it. That's what people do that are believers. And keep on reading. Yeah. So verse 21, Then he stretched himself on the child three times and cried to the Lord. O Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. So here's the point today from wrestling with the basics. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever tragedies, whatever struggles there are, cry out to the Lord. You can do that. Even if you think the Lord's responsible, well, then say something to him about it. Okay? Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I I just love that. He cries out to the Lord. That's where he brings that complaint. That's where he... That's where his hope is found. And, and, and might I add, from last week's, I think we talked about this last week. I, if we didn't, I wish we should have. Who's the Lord here? Who's the Lord he's crying out to? The Yahweh, the Lord God. Yeah, but who do we know the Lord is? Jesus, Jesus is. you bet. Yeah, yeah. Every knee, every tongue shall confess that yeah. Jesus is. In fact, you know, I did a little study on this, Matt, and, and that's the most common title for Jesus in the New Testament. He's called Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Okay. So remember now, we're not asking you to cry out to some generic God who you don't know who he is. We're asking you to cry out to the very one who came to this earth and, by the way, suffered and died for you. And, by the way, did what else, Matt? And rose. Okay, so maybe he is the guy you should cry out to if you're struggling with death because he knows all about it. Maybe he's got an answer for it. More comments, more questions, Matt? Are you want to finish this up or yeah well i i think elijah also as he cries out acknowledges that the god can bring this child's uh, life back yeah i mean yeah. really a cry of faith too here i mean yeah. yeah he has his he has his perhaps doubts he has his perhaps even anger at god in some respects but also a, a cry of faith that it's acknowledgement that as he cries out to him that, that god can heal and god can even raise to life and yet now, Matt, you have touched upon the real problem in this text. Because in this context, Elijah could go to the Lord, go to Jesus. He had the faith that Jesus could bring him back from the dead. Well, why don't you read the rest of the okay, text? Okay. Go read the rest yeah, of the Yeah, verse text. 22. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. And the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in in your mouth is truth. So here's the problem as I see it, Matt. We know this ain't going to happen. Um, have you lost anybody really close to you yet, Matt? Well, I, she, your parents are still alive, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we've, yeah. Uh, yeah recently just two grandparents, though. Is that uh, two right? Grandmas, yeah, not too long ago, sure. Um, how long ago? Just this? No, just the past couple of years. Okay, yeah. alrighty. Uh, I, of course, have have lost my parents. They're already passed away. My grandparents as well. My wife, my first wife, anyway, has has died. Uh, and and you know that's the sad thing because no no one's going to come. No one's going to bring them back from the grave. Uh, but the thing is that I keep remembering this is going to happen though. 
I, I mean, that's the difference. We have not experienced that resurrection as the widow of Zarephath experienced it, but we we will. We will experience it. Um, and the reason we can be sure we will experience it, read, read the last thing that that gal says, that last verse of the text, because that's what really struck me, Matt. Yeah. Read that last now verse. Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. And and see, I really think that verse is about Jesus. Yeah. Uh, because Jesus, you know, he came, he taught, he did miracles, and then, of course, they took him and they crucified him, which, of course, is a good thing, because he says he's giving his life as a ransom for many, for you and me. But, of course, the disciples figured, just like I figure with my wife and my parents and grandparents, he's still going to just be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, what did he tell them? What did he tell them over and oh, over again? Oh, yeah, I'm going to die and after three days' rise. Yeah, but, nah, well, you can say that. But, see, that's the point. His resurrection proves that his word is true. Just like this woman realizes, yeah, this word uh, is true. And so I don't know what else to tell you, people. Uh, it's what the Lord Jesus Christ has repeatedly said. He said he is the first fruits of those that have died. Uh, he has repeatedly said that uh, uh, we're going to have glorious bodies like his glorious body. He's repeatedly said whoever's united with him in his death will be united with him in a resurrection like his. That's why we get baptized, right? Because that unites us with Jesus in death and resurrection. And and all I can tell you, I, I think his words are true. Oh, I, I don't think. I believe. I believe his words are true. So we will actually experience these same things yeah. uh, that are experienced by the widow of Zarephath. So we have that in common, too. She felt lost. She had her loss restored, and you and I will experience that as well. Uh, everyone who's out there right now in the columbariums and the, the uh, mortuaries and the uh, uh, mausoleums and the grave, um, no, they're going to be back physically, bodily resurrected from the dead. Um, now I have another question just to put you on the spot. And Great. I, well, I'm just trying to see. I, I'll, I'll show you where I, what I came up with this, but maybe you've got sure. something different or, or whatever. Why do you think that he has to go through so much rigmarole to pull this off, right? Because it's not like he just says, Lord, bring him back, and he comes back. But no, he he, he prays, what, three times, and he lays himself over the boy three times. Yeah. Uh, it's quite a big uh, show or whatever. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Well, I don't think we know. <laughs> okay, that's a <laughs> good sure. answer. No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, I think one thing we, we do want to recognize is that it, it, it's sort of this miraculous thing. He stretches himself out over this boy. I think that it shows a care for him. You know, we hear, oh. we see that in Jesus' healings. Yeah. Sometimes Jesus makes physical contact with people and he spits and he makes mud and he puts his fingers in people's ears and all these other things. Jesus does that too. He doesn't always do it. Uh, but here, Elijah's been living with this widow and this her son you know, for, for a good amount of time. We don't know how long, but it's been a while. I mean, I'm sure he's got to know this this person, too. And so he cares. And I mean, it's a very, um, very loving way in which to, to care for this corpse, <laughs> really. And God brings about the healing that way. But I, I think, for me, the biggest thing to take away is to remember that even though Elijah does this, and he lays over him three times. Even still, it's not Elijah the one bringing him back to life, but it's it's God, the Lord, as you pointed out, bringing him back to life. So, so it's interesting because uh, maybe great minds think alike, 
well, then again, you're you're in my mind thinks so like so. It probably works on all kinds of levels. <laughs> Maybe not just the great minds, but you know. Uh, uh, but because no, I was running the same. I, the, the compassion. I think that's such a neat point, and the fact that he takes the child up and lays him on his bed and everything. Yeah. And and what a great thing for us to remember. Yeah, be compassionate to people that are struggling. Touch is a really really powerful thing. Jesus did it. It's probably a good thing for us to do too. Um, and and then the other thing was very similar to what you said. The fact that this was to demonstrate it wasn't Elijah that was doing this. No, no, it's the Lord that does it. Because when you get to the New Testament, when the Lord starts raising people from the dead, he doesn't need any rigmarole, does he? Right? So, so we got a similar situation. We got a, 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 a young, only son of a widow coming out of uh, a name. Yeah. And you remember what Jesus did to raise that young boy? Yeah, he was in his funeral beer, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just says, young man, arise. Rise. And the guy comes up. They take him up again to a 12-year-old girl in the upper room again, another upper room. And again, what does he say? Arise. And then the little girl comes back. He goes to see his good buddy, uh, uh, Lazarus, who's been in the grave so long that he would stink if he did come out. And he just says... Now Lazarus, come forth. Yeah, and, and that's it. So you're absolutely right. This is just to demonstrate, no, I cannot bring people back from the dead. But the Lord Jesus Christ, he is quite capable of doing that, and he will do that for you and for me and for all our loved ones. Uh, the irony is, Matt, we actually did this on Rally Day, on our Sunday School Rally Day. And I was thinking, man, this is kind of a <laughs> kind of a somber, serious subject to be doing on a Sunday School Rally Day. Yeah. But it occurred to me, kids know about death. They maybe have lost uh, sure. grandparents and what have you. And, and kids, you need to know... Yeah, be sad. Of course, we're sad when we lose loved ones. We're sad when they go away on vacation or whatever. We're sad when they're not with us. But you need to know, no, you're going to see those people flesh and blood. That's what's neat. Bodily resurrected. And we know that for sure because it's what the Lord says, right? This is what the Lord says, and therefore we can be comforted by that. Hey, one last quick thing, though. I don't know if I talked about this last week. If not, i got to throw it in Good. right now. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Elijah didn't need the widow to take care of him, uh, did, did, did she? Did no, he? no, 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 he was set. Yeah, yeah God well, was providing for him, well, yeah. sure. How was he providing for him? You remember that? Yeah, in some miraculous ways. That he's, the ravens bring him food, and he's by the stream, yeah. <laughs> ravens ever brought you breakfast? Not yet. Hey, I bet you Lisa has, though. Yeah. Yeah, we got wives. Good old Lisa. Would you rather have a, would you rather have a wife <laughs> or than a bird? A bird any day. <laughs> That's right. So God hasn't shortchanges. We got a better deal. Than, but but the thought that occurred to me is... is uh, I, Elijah didn't need the widow to feed him. God was taking care of him. So why do you think God sent Elijah to the widow then? Because she needed him. Yeah. Yeah. And the son. That's what struck me. Yeah. So God wanted to feed not only Elijah, but he wanted to feed the widow. He wanted to feed the widow's son. In fact, he wanted to bring the widow's son back from the dead. So here's the point. If if God has blessed you, if you have an overabundance of, of blessings right now, Here's the program. Here's the plan. It's pretty obvious, isn't it? He wants you to use those things to take care of the needy people that are around you. You're you're part of the program. You're part of the plan. God's going to use you to see to it the people who have needs are taken care of, hungry or fed and thirsty yeah. or given drink and naked or clothed. So that's my little yeah, last little point. There. And it wasn't at Elijah's expense. God still provided for him too. Well, if we'd only understand that, if you have anything here, it's totally a gift of God. Then maybe we'd be a little freer to share it with others. But well, we're sinners and we're going to die 
And thank God Jesus died and rose for us. So, Matt, what are we going to do? What are we going to do next week? Because well, I'm done with this. This well, is good. finished. And it was great. With. But next week we are going to look at Pastor Jolly John's least favorite book oh, of the Bible. Oh, my least favorite book? So tune in next week to find out what <laughs> Pastor John's least favorite book of the Bible is. Oh, no, now, no. Now, me, I think all 66 are, are pretty <laughs> yeah. good. But apparently some pastors are prefer some over others. Yeah, and, and that's okay. You can tease them if you want. But I'll tell you right now, it's a book of James, isn't it? <laughs> That silly old book of James. It shouldn't what do you have against a... James? Well, I don't know. What did James ever do you, to I you? I tell you what. Next week, you show me why James is a good book, and I'll give you why I don't like the book of James. How's that sound? All right. All right. Pastor Not-So-Jolly John Lukomsky <laughs> and That's Pastor right. Matt Youngblood Clark. Hey, give me those buffaloes. We got no buffaloes. They're bisons. <laughs> this has been Wrestling with the Basics. Basics.